From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey in Charleston, South Carolina, this is Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Sprint. You know, Luke, the NFL played um, games on all seven days of the week last year, and I think we're going to record on all seven days by the time this season is over, it feels like. For week 12, it is Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, good evening, Mr. Morrow. Luke, uh, Luke yeah. Morrow with us. Yes, good evening. It's a great time of the year. I, it kind of uh, it took me 30 years. It finally dawned on me today that the great thing about Thanksgiving is that it's like a five-day ordeal here. It starts today. Uh, hopefully nobody has to work on Friday. Then you get the weekend. you got plenty of football all weekend. So it's really it's Thanksgiving, but you know it's like a five-day holiday, so it's great. Plenty of football, some downtime, plenty of good food. Uh, it's a great time of the year over this weekend. I have a question, and I'm hoping you can provide me an answer. I'll try. Does the NFC North care about Aaron Rodgers' toe as much as Aaron Rodgers cares about his toe? <laughs> uh, I think that's um, a good question for everything in Rodgers. I, <laughs> I think the rest of us don't care as much about everything else he's got going on. He, I think he cares, and, and this is probably true for everybody, but he cares more about himself than, than I think he realizes the rest of us do. But I will say that toe, hey, if he's not 100%, he did not look good in the first half. He looked much more mobile and better in the second half after maybe he got some treatment at halftime. But if that's an issue for him and the Packers, then it's a big football story because without him or him not at 100%, you know, that really changes things for that team and for the NFC. See Patrick Mahomes for more details. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, here's a question for you. Kansas City, Arizona, two teams on a bye. Is that your Super Bowl matchup right now? Oh, I just don't trust Arizona. And I've talked Same. about this a lot for college football with Georgia, where they check all the boxes except the fact that they don't have the, the past history. And so I think we're kind of unfair to these teams. A lot of times we have to, just in life in general, you have to see something to believe it. The problem is you're never going to believe something until you see it for the first time. So the first time it happens, it can like sneak up on you. You'll never see it coming because you're waiting for it. So that could be the Cardinals. I mean, every, there's a first for everything. And if you have to wait to see something first, then you'll never expect the, the first time it happens, if you understand what I'm saying. So point being, the only reason why I really doubt the Cardinals is just because I didn't expect this going in this year, and they didn't play like this this last the last couple of years with this uh, quarterback-coach combo. Uh, so maybe that's unfair to put that on them. I think they have been, I think they've caught a couple of, a few fortunate breaks this year. I still have some questions about how physical of a team they can be, and I think that's important playoff time. Would I be surprised if the Chiefs get to the play, uh, Super Bowl? Uh, certainly not, especially with the way the defense is playing. I'd be more surprised in the Cardinals, even with their 9-2 and two start. Same. Still, I still think that you're in a scenario where you're going to have to go through Green Bay or Tampa in the NFC. And I would I'm, agree. Yeah, I'm I, not I, sure Arizona's I, better than 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 uh, than those two teams. And Green Bay in particular, and that's why maybe the Rodgers toe story, you know, could be a big story because the Packers in particular. You go to Tampa, right? You're outdoors, not so bad. You go to Arizona, you're indoors. The Rams, it's out west. You don't have to worry about the weather. Green Bay is that one team that, especially for the Cardinals, like I was just saying, I don't think they're a physical team. If it's say just bad weather and you got to run it and you got to play tough defense, I don't think that fits them well. Um, so for the Cardinals, yeah, it depends on the seeding. Um, if Green Bay gets the number one seed, that could change some things in the NFC. Uh, home field advantage is important for the Cardinals. They're a fast team that are used to playing indoors on turf. If they got to go out on the road, go to the cold weather in the playoffs, I don't know if that helps them out. As we dive into Week 12, I'm going to ask 
I'm I'm gonna have you ask all the questions about the Jets because I feel like <laughs> you probably have some questions from afar that I can answer from here. Well, so many. I mean, there's not enough time left in the, the weekend to get to everything about being a Jets fan or the, the decisions this organization makes. Did I read correct? I'll be honest. You know, I, I pay more attention to a lot of the other teams this time of year. Uh, is Zach Wilson going to be the starter once again this week for the Jets? Correct. Again? Correct. That's step number one. Uh, You're disappointed to not see Joe Flacco again out there this week. So, here's the thing about the Jets, right? So, and and this is where I'm slightly concerned. Zach Wilson has had a knee injury. He's been able to be around the team this entire time. Josh Johnson just was not the guy they wanted in there. So he's been around the team the whole time. How are Mike White and and Joe Flacco considered COVID positive and close contacts and Zach Wilson and Josh Johnson are not? Yeah, good question. I'll be honest. I don't know a, a lot of these COVID protocols. Yeah, and, and some of that's vaccination status and close contacts and quarantine rules. And, and and maybe it's those uh, devices they have to wear, those uh, receivers, uh, which um, uh, Ben Roethlisberger showed off to uh, Dan Patrick a couple weeks ago, which went viral because I think it was the first player to actually like show it, like an, uh, 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 show it inside of an interview. The thing about being a Jet fan right now is that you know being at that game last Sunday. Joe Flacco is a serviceable quarterback. There was competency there. There wasn't playmaking skills. There wasn't, oh my God, next level skills. That fell to Elijah Moore, who's the best yak receiver the Jets have had in a long, long time. Um, but what you hope is that Zach Wilson has learned some things from both Flacco and Mike White and is able to expand going forward. The question that I think everybody has, especially when you're going against a Texans team that that nobody really cares about is can Zach Wilson limit the mistakes? We saw how a couple turnovers flip things against Miami along with missed field goals. And now you're wondering with no Michael Carter, the running back, Michael Carter, who's out two or three weeks with an ankle sprain. Can the Jets establish enough of a run to keep the pressure off of Zach Wilson? But yes, the Zach Wilson experience and experiment does return Sunday in Houston. Yeah, interesting. I've never like, and I know this is different than like say Tua, where he was getting benched and everything. This is there's a lot going on with the different quarterbacks of the Jets. But I, I just I'm always concerned for the young quarterbacks when you you throw them in and out. They did the same thing with uh, I was like the Sean Kaiser, I think it was when the Browns thought he uh, he was going to be their franchise quarterback. You know, you kind of need that consistency. But the most important thing for the Jets is developing Zach Wilson one way or another. And if the best thing for him is to be on the sideline, that's what you should do. If you think the best thing for him is to go out there and play games, then that's what you should do when he's available. So uh, we'll see if, if he benefited from a couple of weeks off here. Um, and I have nothing to say about Houston. I, I just... I, yeah, nobody does. Yeah, n- no one does. Not until they figure out what the heck to do with Deshaun Watson. You guys play San Francisco. Um, and... Let me take you to that game last week against the Packers. Um, you eke out a victory, a last-second victory. Congrats. Mazel tov. Thank you. Yeah. Um, isn't this the classic scenario where you lose to San Francisco this week? A hundred percent, yes. I was going to say the same. You read my mind. Um, I felt, and I'm not, 
look, I'm a realistic fan. I did feel good the last two weeks against the Chargers and the Packers, uh, and they went out and they won both games. Now I feel bad about this one because the Vikings are a classic roller coaster, and just like on a roller coaster, at a certain point, right, you keep going up. At a certain point, you got to go down. That's the case here. They get back-to-back nice wins. I just don't trust them to go on the road and beat a third. You know, get a third straight big-time win here. Uh, going out west for the second time in three weeks, going up against you know a third straight good team. I just don't think they have it in them to go on this winning streak, beating all these good teams. So yes, I think this is a letdown spot for them on the road. The Niners are playing better, and this is a big game for the Niners because you look at the playoff picture. I mean, it's big for both teams, but the Niners already have the tiebreaker over Philadelphia, who yes is right behind these wild card teams in the NFC. If they win Sunday, they'll have the tiebreaker over Minnesota. So that becomes very important when you get all these teams, you know, close together for those last few wild card spots. So this is a big one. But yes, uh, uh, even as a Vikings fan, it's hard to trust Minnesota to go out there and play that well for a third straight week like this against a good team. And in this case, you know, on the road against uh, the Niners. As we look at the Rams Packers, what should people know about the Packers? from watching them every single snap last week? Well, you know, the defense had been really good until um, Sunday against the Vikings, and they're missing a couple of the top defensive players, but they were still playing really well. You know, the idea was that the Vikings were a good matchup because the Packers will give you a lot of the under stu- underneath stuff, and, of course, Kirk Cousins lives off of that, <laughs> running the football again. That he does. still do that. Yeah, you could still run it against them. You could still beat them underneath. So Minnesota, uh, they did have some plays downfield, but, you know, it seemed to be a bad matchup for Green Bay. The Packers, though, to me, it's the same story every year. I mean, I do think the way that they've played this year, this seems to be one of the better all-around teams they've had since that Super Bowl year with Rodgers about a decade ago. But I say it every year because it frustrates the heck out of me is that, you know, you remove Rodgers, to me, they're an average team if that. So if he's not 100%, um, that's an issue. They're down a couple of linemen. Uh, he wasn't very mobile to begin that game Sunday, and the Vikings were able to get after him, and he had at least four throwaways in the first half alone. So the team still runs through Rodgers. Um, Rodgers played really well in the second half, and so did the team. They came back down 14, took the lead in the fourth quarter. So, you know, they go the way of Aaron. Uh, the defense has been better, but as we saw Sunday, uh, I think there's still some concerns that you can't just – rely on that defense so as long as Rodgers plays well and stays healthy and you, you assume he will uh Green Bay will be okay I don't think they're one of the best teams in the league I just think they have one of the better quarterbacks um and this is a big spot against the Rams team that desperately needs a win uh that they do um Tampa and Indianapolis intrigue me that I think would be a classic sleeper game except I think it's one of the best games of the weekend um because this is a scenario where you see a Tom Brady team go in to a city. And I'm not convinced. You and I have talked about this. I don't think either of us think that we're convinced that Tennessee can stay at this level without Derrick Henry. And yes. you look at the Colts right now who are 6-5. and five. They've won three straight. They've got Carson Wentz healthy. I think this is a trap spot for Tampa. And I know that may sound crazy, but I think this could be a really interesting, intriguing trap for Tampa. Now, yes, they are coming off a demolishment of the Giants on Monday night, 
after losing to Washington. But the Giants stink. The Colts don't. I think this is a Colts win. Yeah, it has the makings of a situation like that. You have a team on a short week coming off a big-time win, feeling good against a team that's coming off a bad loss that you know wants to get back out there and, and uh, fix things and play better. And, and it's a safe bet usually in the NFL when you bet on teams that got embarrassed the week before. When you bet on them to bounce back, they usually do. And That was an embarrassment on Sunday. Um, but just with that said, Tampa Bay, I think, um, to me, I mean, obviously the Super Bowl champs, they return everybody. Uh, I still think they're the, the class of the NFC, the best team. And for Tennessee, I thought the, the game against the Texans was that moment that at least I was waiting for. I think a lot of people were waiting for that letdown spot where, you know, they were they won five straight or six straight against a bunch of good teams and it finally caught up to them against the Texans. And the big issue is without Derrick Henry, you know, what can Ryan Tannehill do? He had four interceptions on Sunday. They fell behind. They couldn't run the football. Tannehill threw four interceptions. He's got the sixth worst quarterback rating among starters in the league. So like you said right off the top, without Derrick Henry, this is a different team. And uh, I think they're not as bad as they looked last week, but I also don't think they're quite as good as they showed during that winning streak. They're somewhere in the middle, and I don't think it's good enough to beat the Buccaneers. Uh, I think this line is like seven, or six or seven for a reason. Uh, I do think there's a pretty big gap right now between these two teams. That there is, and somebody is going to have to break free of that on Sunday. Um, and and the other thing, too, with, with, with the Bucs is... They've got all these pieces back, but they're getting injured left and right periodically. So can you get enough healthy pieces together? You get Antonio Brown who goes on the COVID list. You have Gronk and his ribs who's in and out, in and out. It just, you've got to get all these pieces back healthy consistently. That's my two cents. I, no, I agree with you because Brady has not been great the last, whatever, it's been three or four weeks in, in large part like, you know, because he doesn't have yeah. He'd be in Gronk as to um, apparently, you know, the safety blankets, the two guys he's comfortable with, and that, that seems to have played a big difference. Luke, um, for our fifth game, I'm just, I'm just going to go through the slate, and you tell me what interests you of Thanksgiving. Sure. So, Cleveland did their job, and we have these 0 9 and 1 Lions playing on Thanksgiving against the Bears. If. They had won that game. I would have had no interest in this game. This game is still my game to watch golf during, even though there is no golf tomorrow on, on, on television. I could care less about that game. I feel horrible for Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Do you want to spend any more time on that game? This is a no, sprint, uh, after all. It's a terrible game. It's one you want to, you know... Uh, Feel free to travel tomorrow. Don't have to worry about missing the game. Eat an early lunch. Don't worry about missing that game. Yeah, it's a lousy one. Las Vegas-Dallas would have been intriguing if Las Vegas was actually competent. They've been woefully inconsistent. The Cowboys are hitting their stride, I feel like, even though they just lost to Kansas City. I'm telling you, I think this Cowboys team is going to come on late. This is the sneaky Thanksgiving Day game to me. Yeah, um, I think it could be of, of interest. I think these are two teams that are similar, both at the moment trying to find their ways without important pieces and for various reasons. But the Raiders without Ruggs and Gruden, obviously, and, and uh, their number one pick in that defensive backfield, and the Cowboys without Cooper, pro- 
probably without Lamb. I know he was at practice today uh, without Tyron Smith. Uh, the offense did not look good without those pieces on Sunday. So these yeah. are two teams that are coming off losses, and they're still trying to figure it out without all of their pieces. Dallas, obviously, the better team in the better spot. They're at home on a short week. But uh, Dak has not played well since the injury. He's missing potentially his two top weapons. Um, so I'm curious to see what the Cowboys look like tomorrow. I am with you. And then finally, um, I'm telling you, Buffalo, New Orleans is going to be a damn good game. This is a must win for both squads. And I think Buffalo wins this game. I don't think New England's stranglehold on that number one seed in the AFC lasts for long. Even though I don't think they're number one in the AFC, but uh, their their spot their spot on top of the AFC East. Excuse me, that that's my fault. I'm so used to saying they're on top of the AFC, Luke. Of course, yes. And then hey, give them a few more weeks to make it back there. But yeah, certainly a must win. The Saints have lost with three in a row. The Bills have lost something like three or four. They've dropped into second place. These are two teams that have underachieved so far in the eyes of many. So they both need a win tomorrow. Uh, the Saints are down to their third string quarterback, maybe without their top two running backs. So for Buffalo, you got to win a game like this. The Bills. We saw this past Sunday, they're not a physical team. That's their issue. But for the Saints, without their top two running backs, maybe they can't play all that physical tomorrow either. So these are two kind of desperate teams. Um, I, I, you know, I don't even have a lean. I don't know. I trust the Bills more, I guess. I know they're pretty heavy favorites, but uh, I haven't really liked what I've seen from the Bills this year. So we'll see which team can bounce back better tomorrow night. Uh, yes, you are a big Trevor Simeon fan. Of course. Oh, yeah. Big time. Long have been, long will be. Um, Luke, we're getting to the end of our radio program. Aww. You were a little late on that. I know. I'm sorry. I was distracted for a moment. How dare you come on this show distracted? I know. Um, your game of the week, sir. Uh, I'll say Packers. Uh, Packers-Rams, uh, certainly on paper, the best matchup. I am with you there. Your, uh, excuse me, now I was swallowing. Okay, we're even. I take back everything I just said about you. Um, your sleeper game, sir. Uh, let me see. By the way, I just realized that the Buccaneers are playing the Colts. I don't know why I was talking about the, them as if they're playing the Titans, so you can... Uh, blend those two things I said earlier as if they're playing one another. Uh, sleeper game. This is um, like your your 10th hour of radio slash podcasting today, so I forgive you. <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, I thought that was the game this weekend without looking at the slate. Um, sleeper game, I'll say Steelers, Bengals. Divisional game. Both teams could use a win. Uh, I think the Steelers bounced back. Big Ben actually played well on Sunday. I'll go Steelers-Bengals. Those games are usually pretty interesting. Cleveland-Baltimore. Must-win game in the AFC East that will be impacted by... Sorry, the AFC North will be impacted what happens up top. Can Baker Mayfield just run a consistent offense? Yeah, well... He's, uh, I don't know if he's even healthy enough to do it right now. Hasn't played well. Exactly. I mean, at some point, you've got to make a change when he's got injuries to every single part of his body, I think, besides, uh, you know, his his fingers. (laughs) I think everything else has some kind of a problem. Um, 
I, I, I don't even know how he's playing. These guys are way tougher than we are. Yeah, you got that right. Uh, your game to watch golf during, for me, it's Chicago-Detroit. Uh, don't forget Brooks Bryson, Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern on TNT. Uh, go ahead. Um, I always pick a different game, and I'll be kind. I won't include your Jets, so I'll say Falcons-Jaguars. Uh, just a boring game. That is, those are two franchises not going in a positive direction. I can't say anything positive about either franchise right now. Yeah, and it's been a while since you could. Other than Trevor Lawrence has looked somewhat like Trevor Lawrence. Eh, I, I would like sorta. more. But I, eh, I'd like to see some more. I'm, I'm just not convinced that Urban Meyer's a coach for the National Football League. Yeah, well, he hasn't done anything to convince you yet, so. And then now you've got infighting and ownership. I mean, that's just not anything anybody wants. Um, and finally, the segment Luke never preps for, and the fact that he's... Uh, doing his 20th hour of radio today. Maybe he did prep for it. Your person or player to watch today? No, I did not prep for it. Um, <laughs> I will say, as I pick one off, uh, pick one right now, you know, I'm going to say Dak Prescott because I thought Sunday was disappointing. He's having a really good year, but he still does not play his best in the biggest games. That was the case against the Chiefs. Now, tomorrow, Thanksgiving, everybody's going to be watching. He may not have his best two targets. And you have a Raiders defense that, you know, it's, it's vulnerable. It's not the 85 Bears. So I want to see how Dak does on a short week with everybody watching on Thanksgiving tomorrow. Luke, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy it. Um, you deserve it. And thank you, as always, for joining us in the Sunday Sprint. Yes, happy Thanksgiving to you and everybody out there. It's uh, hey, football, family, food. What more do you need? It's a great day. Wait, I never gave my person or player to watch. Oh, the stuffing. <laughs> Uh, no, um, it's Elijah Moore, this wide receiver. Guys, if you have like Tyreek Hill on a bye in your fantasy league or DeAndre Hopkins and you want to go pick somebody up, go pick up Elijah Moore. Dude's a playmaker. His yak stuff will get you a ton of points. Best yak receiver the Jets have had in a long, long time. Robbie Anderson was a speedster, but he was a speedster and then catched it and then, you know, walked out of bounds. Elijah Moore can turn up the field even on short passes. And that's why he's flourished under Mike White and Joe Flacco. So that's my guy. Um, so on that note, thank you, Luke. And thanks to all of you. A happy holiday and enjoy your football slate.